What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks, and today we're talking about potential trade targets for the Bucks. We've been talking a lot about what the Bucks could do with pick 24. Are there any realistic targets that could help the Bucks uh, win now? Playoff versatility, all the things that have been talking points since the Bucks were bundled out of the playoffs. So we've got a bunch of names here. Uh, Frank's done the work like he always does. So now we can uh, get straight into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find uh, my other stuff over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, of course, we always thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. If you Missed the previous podcast, we spoke about free agents and potential names that the Bucks could uh, be looking at. There's a list of guys there, so make sure if you missed that, go back and listen to this podcast. But today, Frank, we're talking about guys the Bucks could potentially trade for. Now, not all these trades involve the first-round pick this year. There's some different combinations here, and I've mentioned it before, but Frank has this uh, cap sheet uh, on his Twitter, you can find a link there at F Madden NBA. And one of the tabs down the bottom has 2022 targets, bunch of names. And uh, and Frank's just put in some, let's, let's call it sample offers for what could be uh, on the table here, Frank. So how do you want to go about this? Where do you want to start in terms of players? I know personally that I've got three uh, standout targets from your list, but uh where do you want to start? Is Do you want to start from the top of the list or do you want to start from the number one guy that intrigues you? Um, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, re- just read them all off so that, you know, because yep. we, we could probably spend two hours talking about each guy. That's right. um, and, and I'll frame this as well. I mean, we can get into some of like the kind of sample offers. And, you know, we we, we were messaging with with our friend Eric Name about this. And, you know, I kind of basically was like, I don't know that I love any of these "Quote unquote sample mm-hmm. offers enough from either the Bucks' perspective or the the other team's perspective. It's really just like what what is a you know what's a not unreasonable offer that could potentially get this deal done if both teams like really were interested in kind of the the players coming coming back from either side. Um, so it's more just like a way to kind of litmus test like you know our own view of like hey you might like this guy but like yeah, to make the salaries match and probably to incentivize the other team, like this is probably the offer. And, you know, for a lot of these, it's like, ugh, you know, <laughs> like I don't I don't want to give up that for, I don't give up a first round pick for, for that guy. I mean, I like that guy, but I don't give a first round pick for him. So it's, it, you know, that's the way I would interpret it. It's not the interpreted as this is what Frank is willing to definitely give up for that player. <laughs> um, because honestly, like most of these guys, you know, are kind of like, I don't know. Again, I look at them kind of like, yeah, take it or leave it, you know? Um, so, and, and so again, I think that a couple kind of important lenses to apply, you know, if you listen to the previous pod where we talked about 
the potential free agent targets. Again, a lot of those guys might be might get getting paid more than the Bucks can offer with the tax pyramid level. So, you know, how many of those guys really could are really even realistic targets? TBD. Um, but the upside is those guys don't require you to ship out any assets to get them, right? So, you know, I would say most of those guys maybe are less appealing than these trade targets, but that's for a reason. It's because you can go get them and not have to give up a first round pick or Grayson Allen to, to actually bring them into the fold. So let me let me read off kind of the, the grouping. And again, archetypes you're going to see here are very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not target any point guards. I did think actually recently when they were talking about the, the Nuggets shopping Monte Morris, I was like, hmm, Monte Morris, he's pretty good. Like, would you give up Grayson Allen for him? Would the Nuggets be interested in Grayson Allen for Monte Morris? You know, I'm not going to rule anything like that out. But again, I was again listening, looking at this mainly through the lens of the Bucks need more wing depth and they need somebody that they can put out there, potentially like a combo forward type. You know, again, the PJ Tucker, the Erzatz PJ Tucker type guy. Um, and and who that might be, right? Which again, presumably different players. Um, but those those you know, there's some different types of players, kind of again between like the two and the four spot, um, and everything in between that that could be of interest, or at least that would be my area of focus. So let me read off the guys, and for the most part, I think these guys are, are all all the trade targets are all expiring contracts, right? Which again, not coincidental because I think that makes them more likely to be traded because they could be gone in a year. Some of them have kind of funky things, um, which I'll mention here. But anyway, so the list is Royce O'Neal from the Jazz. Again, 3 and D wing, the only 3 and D wing that the Jazz seem to have. So I don't I don't know if that's something that they're going to want to necessarily give up. Um, Josh Hart, who's got kind of like a funky uh, non-guarantee, who, again, I think Portland will want to keep. But again, would they trade him under certain circumstances? Maybe. Um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, from the Wizards, one-year deal. I think he's making 13, 14 million dollars. Kelly Oubre from the wing, from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Dean Maniat's favorite player because he's handsome. Uh, Kelly Oubre's handsome, not Dean Maniat. Uh, he's making good twelve million dollars. Good clarification, important. Our good friend Dean Maniat hmm. at uh, all the bucks. Uh, it, it's not a Bucks trade season without some nepotism. So Justin Holiday from the Kings, uh, owed about six million bucks. Uh, Drew's brother, of course, older brother. That that's kind of sneaky. Like I I found that out like maybe a couple years ago, but for some reason in my head I always just assumed Justin Holiday was the younger brother of Drew because I only found out about. <laughs> I only remember hearing about him like six or seven years ago. I also um, can't keep track of where these guys play. Where the hell is Aaron Holiday playing? Where where did he end up? He you know, up the sun. Wait, did he end up on the Suns? Oh, I think that's right. Out? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he got no, traded. I think at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. There's too many. Of them. Um, too many. Too many. <laughs> never enough holidays. Okay. True. Um, Kenrich Williams, terrible hmm. haircut. He's got oh, the yeah. old uh, duck bill thing on the back of his head, but very interesting defensive uh, player, slumming, <laughs> slumming in OKC. Um, very low priced as well. So in terms of trade targets, uh, you actually couldn't trade Grayson Allen for him because Grayson Allen makes too much money. Ironically, you have to put something else in it from the OKC side. So very interesting player has not a great three point shooter, but has had maybe some more moments the past couple of years. Um, a guy that I never liked when he was in LA, cause I feel like he thought he was better than he was, but 
an interesting player, Kyle Kuzma from the Wizards now. Uh, I believe also about $13 million, $14 million, something like that. Um, Harrison Barnes expiring $18 million. So he's very expensive. You have to really aggregate a bunch of salary just to be able to bring him in. Jay Crowder, again, I think he's about $9 million expiring. Is he really on the market? You know, are the Suns really looking to trade Jay Crowder? I don't know. Um, Larry Nance, I believe he's at around $10 million, also expiring salary down in New Orleans. I, it's funny. I always think of him as like a combo big, like a like an undersized four or five, but he's only six seven. He's only six seven. He's kind of a long arms guy. Um, I don't think he's a small forward. I think he's more of a probably more of a four man. But I think there's definitely worlds where you could certainly see him playing um, with Giannis uh, in kind of small ball configurations and kind of being an interesting guy defensively. Can occasionally hit a, hit an open three as well. Um, Eric Name's favorite target, PJ Washington. Um, kind of uh, combo big man. He's only six seven, but long arms can hit threes. Um, not a great defender, but maybe serviceable. Um, but kind of like a four man who can again probably play in small ball lineups in kind of that Giannis configuration. And he's coming off his rookie deal, so he would be kind of like a, a guy you would need to extend. Um, in a year, right? Or, or this summer, if you acquired him kind of like a Grayson Allen type situation last year. And then the last guy who I hated putting on here because he's a guy that I have notoriously thought was overrated, but maybe if you stare at him long enough, I'm sh- I don't want to encourage people to think this player, this guy's good, <laughs> but his value is not very high right now. Cam Reddish currently slumming in New York, uh, who gave up, I think a first round pick for him, I believe. And then pretty much like didn't didn't play him, um, but an interesting player defensively. I thought he actually had some good moments uh, when he came back in the East Finals two years ago, defending Chris and kind of he has defensive tools. He had kind of that random like a heater Eight, game eight threes or whatever, just bizarre because he's not historically been a great three point shooter and he's a shockingly bad two point shooter, um, which has always been an issue for him even going back to like. EYBL in high school and at Duke, he just couldn't make two point shots. And I think that always sort of was a sneaky red flag for him, but very good free throw shooter, you know, has some upside, I think as a three point guy, maybe a little too irrationally confident, but you know, again, athletic, um, not going to be like a four man, but again, kind of two, three good size for, for that position. So that is the, the group that we have that I, that I've kind of highlighted Tell me who jumps out at you, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about what deals for those guys might look like. And again, I I generally, as I was constructing these, I was really just focused on you've got Grayson Allen at $9 million, you've got George Hill at $4 million, you've got like Luca Vildoza and um, Ray John Tucker as kind of like minimum salaries that you could use as filler. Uh, and then you've got essentially this year's first-round pick, which again, technically can't be traded until after the draft. Um, Grayson Allen technically can't be traded in most scenarios until uh, July because his contract, new contract doesn't kick in until then. But again, like, you know, like every year you can agree to these things, make the pick on behalf of the other team and then not officially consummate the trade until July. So, um, and then second round picks, right? Um, The Bucks do have some second round picks. So where was your head at Kane? What, what jumped out at you? Any of those guys interest you? And then we can quickly, um, beat down that interest uh, by talking about what it would take to get them. 
Yeah, so there's a couple of names there that I did like, and it's a good point you made about the draft pick. There's always someone in the YouTube comments that goes, they can't actually trade the pick. And it's like, well, don't you remember when RJ Hampton put on a Bucks hat on draft night for about two seconds? And I think it was his dad that, like, <laughs> tossed it over the other side of the room. So, yeah, I mean, it would be a some sort of organized uh, deal there. All right, I got three guys. Before I do that, True Bill, I have to talk about... Uh, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam. That's what it is. And it's out to get your money. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Uh, on average, uh, they say people save up to 720 bucks per year with Truebill. Uh, you can do a fair bit with Truebill. You can get a six-pack of beer at Fireserve, which is like fantastic. So because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over 100 million bucks. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com. Slash locked on NBA could save you thousands of bucks a year. Uh, while we're talking about draft picks, don't forget the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft has start, started on June 16, I should say. So it's already underway. Uh, the, all the experts across the network use the term loosely with me, but uh, we've all made selections in our uh, locked on draft. So as I said, the first pick was June 16, so you get a couple episodes to uh, look into there. Don't miss a pick. After you're done with Locked On Bucks, go listen to the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. All right, one thing that stood out to me with this list, Frank, uh, because I this always comes into account, I'm like, is there any players on this list that Giannis hates? Because um, <laughs> so, you can scrub them. Scrub them off the list. So, yeah, Jay Crowder, I think, is borderline. Uh, I'm not sure if the Suns want to get rid of him anyway, but Jay Crowder, I kind of scrubbed off my list. Uh, another guy that I think the people have forgotten about this, PJ Washington. Don't you remember when PJ Washington kicked or tripped Giannis and Giannis turned around and gave him the finger point like a disappointed dad with a child that has just made a silly act at the playground? Uh, I didn't forget about that. And Giannis hasn't I, forgotten I had, about that either. I, I had forgotten about that. We're going to have to tell Eric name about that because – um, you know, Eric might not be getting any more Giannis interviews if he pushes this PJ Washington agenda too hard. Giannis has done it a few times, and when he points the finger at you, you know he's extremely disappointed. Uh, so PJ Washington, I'm skeptical. So three guys uh, for me, and the first one that stood out was Josh Hart. Uh, also, it would be just nice to add a guy that's like 27, 28. He's got a few years left in the tank. Again, I think you're right. I think Portland probably wants to keep him. But the thing I like about Josh Hart He's a little bit smaller than typically the guy you would say would play the four or the five in these Giannis lineups, but he's an excellent, excellent rebounder for his position. He's had some some monster, monster rebounding games over the last couple of years, particularly when he was in New Orleans. He was playing more of the four at New Orleans than he went to Portland, and he was actually playing more of the guard positions, but he is pretty versatile positionally. And uh, he finished really well at the rim. Across his time with the Pelicans or Portland last year, he was around 69 70% at the rim, 69%, which is nice. Uh, he was 50% from the corners and then uh, 36% on non-corner threes as well. So he shot the ball pretty well. And his stats just look really good. Now, he wouldn't be playing that role in the with the Bucks, but he does strike me as a guy that 
you would have confidence playing uh, throughout the season and probably in the playoffs. And again, it's in that position, as you said, that the Bucks are pretty, they're in trouble if they have any injuries, as we found out. Uh, Harrison Barnes was the other guy. We've spoken about Harrison Barnes a few times over the years in terms of a guy you could target. I think the financial stuff, as you pointed to, makes it difficult. Just in the, and I know why you did this and you pointed it out at the start, but in the sample offer, poor old Luca Vildoza. And I would recommend if the Bucks want to put Vildoza in a trade package, they need to send that three-minute burst against the Chicago Bulls and any team will be happy to take Luca Vildoza. So I don't know whether Harrison Barnes um, is gettable, but he's just, he's been in Sacramento just, off the radar and he's just put together some really solid seasons. And I think I would like to see him on a good team. And another guy that I don't even, I don't know whether how good he really is. Cause he's literally never played on a good team. Larry Nance, by the way, cleaning the glass has him at six, nine. So he'll be disappointed. Oh, Oh, but, Apologies. but I Googled him. No but, no, but I Googled him and it says six, seven. So there's, there's a, mm. there's a bit of a discrepancy there as well, but he is smaller than you think. Uh, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, as you said. Um, but yeah, he 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 is definitely a guy that you could probably play alongside Giannis. He's always the guy that when you listen to different podcasts and people that cover Larry Nance, they're like, why aren't they maximizing Larry Nance? Why can't they get the best out of Larry Nance? It's always the conversation that comes up. And I just don't know whether he's just been on bad teams. What would he be like on a good team? I don't know. But he does, again, strike me as a guy that you could play in the, you know, in the playoffs. And if you had Brooke, you'd probably come on. You'd come off the bench, um, but brings that versatility that is kind of kind of interesting. So they're the three guys that stood out for me. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think as far as like sample deals, like what does it take to get those guys? Josh Hart, you know, again, I think just to make salary matching, you have to certainly put in Grayson Allen. Um, I'd have to double check. You you may need to put in like Vildoza or, or or Hill as well. Um, but I, I would have to think Portland would want a first round pick, you know, even, even though like statistically, it's not like Josh Hart is miles ahead of like Grayson Allen from like a regular season perspective. Um, as you said, I just think his physicality and his defense, I think just projects better into a yeah. playoff series. Again, Josh Hart's not like a really big guy, but I mean, I really liked him going back to college. Like he just was one of those guys that just seemed like got punished for being an upperclassman, you know, I mean, mm. it felt like he did kind of everything he could do. Um, the three point shooting. I mean, he's a career sub 35% guy ended up shooting, I think on the full year last year in the 34% range as well. So, I mean, definitely not like a lights out shooter by any stretch, but he, he has, he has more to his game than, than just that. I mean, he averaged 19.9 points a game, what four assists a game uh, in, in Portland, which again, like, weird situation because while he was there obviously they didn't have dame and it was just a you know 13 game short sample size but um but you know he was he was good in in new orleans for the most part the, the pre- previous couple of years and again i just a guy that i i can see putting out there at the end of playoff games and um you know it's not like he necessarily has to play the four but you know you think of it in the context of Giannis plus chris plus drew plus josh hart plus you know whoever right West Matthews or, or whoever it might be. Right. Or, or obviously Brooke, if you're, if you're playing kind of big, but, um, but yeah, Josh Hart, I find very interesting, but again, I think you're going to have to put Grayson Allen more salary and a first round pick into that deal. And, um, you know, again, is, is that too rich for, for kind of, you know, the Bucks blood? Maybe, 
but I would definitely be more excited about having Josh Hart than Grayson Allen. And yeah, you know, we all know what first round picks typically end up providing. <laughs> and certainly as rookies and second year players, it ends up being very little. And Bucks obviously also don't have exactly a track record of, of really hitting home runs. So, um, so I think you'd have to at least think about it, right? Um, if you could do it for, you know, multiple second round picks instead of this year's first, that would, that would be nice. Um, and just as a reminder, so the Bucks, in terms of second round picks, um, they forfeited this year's pick because of the, uh, it's still just, it's so stupid. But I mean, the Bogdanovich thing, forfeiting the second round pick, just mind-blowingly stupid. But anyway, um, and again, probably not, you know, there's some stupidity by kind of all around on it, but like the NBA, like WTF, like, you know, Lonzo Ball actually signs with the Bulls and they, you know, only get, yeah, uh, they, right. they have the same penalty. punishment or whatever. Like, anyway, um, but they do have a 2023 second coming from the less favorable of Cleveland or Golden State. So that's probably not a great uh, first round pick. And then they actually then have a 2024 coming in from Portland, which hmm, Portland's going to be really interesting to watch because it just feels like they're kind on of the edge. on the edge of of a full rebuild. And then 2025 uh, second round pick coming in from Indiana, which who knows where Indiana will be. They've been kind of, you know, just like in the middle forever, but they seem to be pivoting towards a rebuild finally. Um, so... Anyway, so that that's those are the kind of the incoming second round picks, and then they do have the Bucks twenty twenty five second round is going out, um, and their twenty twenty six second round is going out as well. So, you know, they they have, I think they're on net they are plus one second rounder, or no, if you include this one's forfeited one, they're basically even in terms of second rounders. You know, basically they're at parity for what you know typically have like an average one a year over the next few years. Um, so anyway, it, it kind of that that's kind of what they're looking at. So yeah, I think Josh Hart's the most interesting guy. I will say this too. So Harrison Barnes, I, I agree, very interesting. If I could plug Harrison Barnes into this team, I'd find that very exciting. That said, I mean Harrison Barnes is making eighteen million dollars a year. He started essentially like every game other than like parts of his second year when he was in Golden State. Um, granted, he was playing small forward for the Kings, perhaps not his best position. In the modern game, perhaps he's really more of a four at this point. Um, but he's an expiring contract. You're not trading a bunch of stuff for him. And I assume you'd have to put a first-round pick into a deal for him. I don't think you're going to trade for Harrison Barnes. And then, especially for a Kings team that seemingly they want to win games. So you're going to have to give them stuff um, to do that. So, I again, I don't know if that a first-round pick moves them a whole lot. They could have gotten probably something similar last year at the deadline, and they didn't do it. Um, so you're going to have to pay a ton of money. You have to send a bunch of money out. And then if you're bringing back Bobby and Pat, it, it just seems like there's a lot of like, it, he plays basically the position. He's basically best suited to playing the positions that your two best players or two highest paid players and Chris and Giannis play. Right. So mm -hmm. are you going to move Chris to the two and put Harrison Barnes at the three to start him so that he'll actually want to stick around. Cause I don't think he's like thinking, Oh, I'll sign for $10 million when this contract is done. I'm sure he, I mean, he's 30 years old. I'm sure he's like, I want another $20 million a year contract. Right. Which again is like, 
that's a lot of money for a Bucks team given what they are with the tax. Um, so I, I feel like the fit to, to add a guy who's like needs essentially like probably needs to start because that's what his expectation is and is going to get paid a ton of money when he's like a 3-4 and you have Chris and Giannis as your 3-4 starters. I think that's kind of a tougher fit to make work for the Bucks. It just doesn't feel like probably something they would do, you know, especially if they bring back Bobby. There's no four minutes, right? There's no <laughs> yeah. five minutes. There's backup three minutes and there's shooting guard minutes. So again, like, are you pushing Chris Middleton to the two? Like, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of an awkward construction question and kind of roster fit for me because I like him a lot, right? You plug him into the Bucks playoff roster, like awesome, right? If he's like making $8 million a year and he's coming off the bench, sweet. Um, but I think it's just that that one to me is just kind of a harder one to kind of rationalize just where the Bucks are in terms of the roster. Um, and then as far as um, was Larry Nance your third guy? Right? Yeah, before you get to Nance, let me talk about Bet Online. And by the way, there's one other thing that I've noticed on the on your list that I have to bring up. So do not let me forget it. It's a very for one member of the current Bucks roster, it would be very, very unfortunate and a, a tough pill to swallow. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I noticed it when you were oh. talking about it. We'll get to it. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting stats. And sports info uh, got the odds here for the 2023 championship, by the way, uh, which I guess now we're looking forward to the Bucks uh, winning the title again. Milwaukee are eight to one, so they are the what do we got here? One, two, three, four. They're they're the equal fourth favorite with the Clippers. You got the Nets. Surprising, the Nets are the third favorite, but now people like putting money on the Nets to ran all that stuff. But that, <laughs> that that's that's an interesting, you know, that that's that seems like Bet Online just you know covering themselves a little bit there. But the Nets are seven to one. Uh, Dallas Mavericks traded for our old friend Christian Wood. They're ten to one uh, for next year's title. So it's interesting. The Lakers all the way down there at twenty to one. If you uh, have any interest there, but you can find you, all the you odds. Keep of- pushing the Lakers, man. Why are you, man? You really want people to put some money on the Lakers, huh? I am all on the ham sandwich train. Come on, that's true. That's true. We kind of, yeah. I feel like we kind of need to root for the Lakers a little bit. But now Steph's got four titles. LeBron's got four. So I kind of also just want Steph to get above LeBron. Like if the Bucks mm. aren't going to win the title, Steph, you may as well just go grab five in 2023. But anyway, find all the odds, the NFL futures, Stanley Cup playoffs. It's all there at BetOnline.net. That's BetOnline, where the game. Larry Nance, thoughts? I mean, he's interesting. I, I like him. You know, if you could just offer me Larry Nance, I'd take him. Um, but then I think we also get into the question of just, and, and again, you know, I don't know if this says something about Bobby Portis and how valuable it actually is to bring him back. But hmm. I, I mean, where is Larry Nance going to play if you bring back Bobby Portis and you have Giannis and you have Brooke Lopez, if those guys are all healthy? Um, I just don't think there's enough minutes probably for Larry Nance if he's getting paid, you know, $10 million a year. It's a ton of money, right? And again, are there ways that you can lean into just playing bigger? You know, maybe, right? Obviously, it worked in the Chicago series, right, where they, you know, had Giannis as, as the jumbo three-man um, but you know, given that Nance is not like, you know, it's not like he's some like dynamic ball handler at his size or something like that. You know, he's, he's really kind of more of a kind of screen setting 
garbage man who can occasionally you know hit an open three. Um, so I, I like Larry Nance a lot. If Bobby Portis, if we knew that Bobby was leaving, um, I think Larry Nance becomes a lot more interesting. Um, you know, I had kind of the representative trade for him. Maybe you can get away with just doing like Grayson Allen in a, in a second round pick. Um, you know, maybe, um, we'll see. Uh, maybe that, maybe that, maybe you could get away giving away, giving up a little less, but I think certainly in previous years, Larry Nance was the kind of guy that, you know, was like worth a first round pick. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, he, again, I think just the positional question is, um, is maybe a little bit challenging there. Um, and I think, I think again, if you're looking for kind of that like small ball bench um, defender, you know, I think Kenrich Williams is probably like an easier guy to talk yourself into because you're paying him way yeah. less money. Um, and again, I, you know, are you giving up, you know, uh, paying a paltry sum to get Kenrich Williams? I don't know, right? I mean, I, I, OKC is in such a weird spot because it's like, at some point, do they stop trying to acquire draft picks? Probably, right? I mean, they they just um, they just traded this year's draft pick for basically a, a future pick with Denver, essentially punting. You know, one of these picks has got so many of them. Um, so, you know, offering a second round pick and <laughs> George Hill to send him back to to uh, uh, OKC. What does that do for? Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know that it does a whole, a whole lot. They might say we want a first round pick on general principle, um, but you know, again, part of it just comes down to like, what do they want, right? Like, what, what would they want for kind of a glue guy defender type like like Kendrick Williams? So, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, he's a guy I just find very interesting as sort of like an under the radar target and a, a cheaper target, but. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, you need a team that's that's willing to um, that's willing to to deal to to do it. So um, I, I again, I I just don't know if that's you know a match made in heaven. And do you want to give up a first round pick for Kendrick Williams? Um, I'm sure I'm sure casual Bucks fans would hate that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm I would certainly expect that Kendrick Williams can give you more value next year than anybody that the Bucks are going to draft in the first round. But, you know, then the problem is you're going to have to sign Kendrick Williams, probably give him a raise. Uh, and, you know, obviously your first, you know, the, the, the first round pick could could be more, right? Obviously you always hope that, that maybe you break a rich. Maybe that's, you know, the next your next Malcolm Brogdon pick. Yeah, he's not a great shooter, but he is definitely a versatile defender. And, yeah, you probably, depending, you know, on what the Bucks do, uh, with the draft pick, uh, if they if they decided to pick someone, we're thinking it would be a guy that has some defensive chops anyway, which Kendrick Williams obviously does. And again, maybe a, maybe the Thunder weren't the most watched team uh, by random NBA fans this year, which would make sense. I certainly watched a lot of them because of the great man Josh Kitty. But hey, uh, maybe that wasn't everyone's uh, cup of tea. So, but by the way, this is the trade. If you're George Hill, could you imagine? <laughs> He would be filthy. He would be fuming if he got the call, pack your bags, you're going to Oklahoma City. I think he would, I don't know what he would do, but it would be scary because. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, part of me was just like, well, he'd probably just go back to his ranch here in the hill country yes, of Texas and just be like, keep my $4 million. You know, I'm just going to 
hang out here. Um, but I don't know. By the same token, it's like maybe. I mean, you know, George Hill's kind of country. Like of all the like random dudes who might have to, you know, hang out in Oklahoma City, you could make the argument that maybe George Hill wouldn't hate that as uh, as much as as some people. But um, not exactly an easy commute from uh, like the San Antonio area up to <laughs> up to OKC. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I was just, I don't know that any veterans are clamoring to be dealt to, uh, to the Oklahoma city thunder, at least not yet. Again, potentially bright future, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. It might, might take a little while to get to that brightness. Well, Al Holford just, uh, sat at home and cash checks and he seemed to look refreshed and revitalized, certainly on stretches. He looked like he might've ran out of gas, but uh, he had a fine game six at the NBA. He had a bunch of threes, man. It was like, yeah, I was like. Was it game four or game six that he hit all those threes, or was it both? Game four, he had a ton of threes, right? That was his against the Bucks. That was like the flashback game that uh, he was. Well, game one in the finals as well. I think he was six for nine from three or something like that. So he definitely had some moments. He still is not a good. He was either trash. He was either like completely (laughs) complete garbage offensively, or like you know, friggin' uh Dirk Nowitzki it seemed like um but by the way so, we should say he is the type of versatile guy the Bucks would love they could do a bit oh, of oh yeah different Alford, things. Sure. yeah um he can't taunt though the one thing we learned this postseason you know like some people are, are natural taunters and they look you know it's, it's it's like Steph Curry for instance and the thing I loved about the Warriors in these playoffs is they really turned into full villain mode and when they're on the road Draymond didn't have a great series finished off really well uh, but he was giving it to the crowd. Clay Thompson was d- just talking shit the whole time. Steph Curry was out there. Um, and th- when they're taunting, you're like, oh, my goodness, if you're an opposition fan. When Al Horford's flexing, and it's just like, eh, it's not really. It's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't really suit him. He's just the quiet guy. Anyway, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They'll wrap up the NBA finals uh, and lead in to the NBA draft this week as well. So it's only a week away. Uh, before we wrap it up, Frank, any final thoughts you need to get off your chest? I mean, I don't, I don't dislike KD, but kind of a weird, <laughs> got to be a weird, weird feeling for Kevin Durant right about now, right? You just got wiped yeah. by the Celtics, you know, trying to build your own super team, and uh, and then now you're seeing your former team, um, you know, the the team that you know, you led to two championships. They're like, okay, you're, you're incredible, but we're just going to go back to winning championships without you. It's got to be a little sobering, a little sobering, not a, I think that's right. Maybe it hasn't been like a great couple months for the, uh, the Kevin Durant brand. I got to say, I think that's right. I I, I really like him though. You know, I do too. Um, I generally like him too. Yeah. Um, I will say that, um, it felt like these playoffs really flew by. Maybe that's because the Bucks weren't in them as long. Um, but man, last year just felt like a fucking marathon. Uh, and it was so exhausting, probably because it was such a roller coaster. Uh, but this year, I don't know, it felt like it, it actually went by much more quickly. Again, probably because I wasn't particularly vested in the, in the last two rounds. But Celtics, man, seven games, seven games, and six games. I mean, they, they, uh, they definitely, these were not short series. Uh, well, the good news is, Frank, 20-ish days, 21 days until Summer League hoops and the post-game pods are back. 
maybe there'll be a draftee. Maybe there won't be. Uh, who knows? There's a bunch of Aussies coming over. So I, I, I'm really, really hoping the Bucks have uh, an Aussie on their summer league roster like uh, Jock Landau. Jock Landau. He's had some big games uh, now with the Spurs. Uh, so there's a bunch of guys coming over. That would be fun for me. We'll see. Summer league. What, uh, what, what, I know uh, you, you, your hopes of coming over for the draft, you, you ended up not doing that. What, hmm. what, what are we looking at here, Kane? I haven't asked you about this privately, but where, where are we at with, you know, a potential summer of Kane in the, in the United States? I mean, hopefully Milwaukee, but um, is there any chance that we're going to see Kane, Kane Pittman uh, stateside this, this summer? There's still some stuff being floated around about potentially July, uh, potentially early August. Uh, I might just head straight from the airport to Summerfest. Uh, where is that? Where is that this year? It must be late July, I guess, Summerfest. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe late July, there's some basketball <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, I was going to say where. It's always in the same. The where is always the same. But you, you were saying because I. Obviously, it's moved around date-wise. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't even know offhand. They're not doing it. I guess they're not doing it uh, over kind of the usual end of June, beginning of July anymore. Uh, people are probably like shaking their heads that we don't know this. But um, obviously, neither of us is in. Let's see, Summerfest 2022. This is good, good radio, by the way, that we're we're doing. Uh, June. Oh no, June 23rd through July 9th. So it's back to kind of a, a more normal schedule. Well, so update. I'm going to miss Summerfest. I'm going to have to come up with something else. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Maybe July, maybe August. Um, part of maybe me. A little, maybe a little Festa Italiana, a little German fest. Oh, that's right. Um, it's a great time. You know, it, is, it, of... it is a truly great time in Milwaukee. Although I will say, uh, it sounds like they had some rough weathers. The tornadoes rolling through last night. Yeah. Hopefully everyone's fine. Hopefully no damage to houses and those types of things. It's not something I've had to experience in my lifetime. That's for damn sure. You know, Kane, I, my my wife was actually floating the idea of coming, uh, oh going to Wisconsin goodness. in in October. I thought you were about to say Australia. I was going to say no, live no, no, no. live pod in Australia. There'll be two people no, there. It'll be huge. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no um, October, By the way, can I just quickly say, I was right for the on NBA walk. season. That could be fun. That would be fun. I was on a walk a few weeks ago. Now I think I told you this, and I was walking around and so I was listening to a podcast. I don't know what I was listening to. And uh, this man was like, are you Kane Pippen? And I was like, oh boy, here we go. What did, what did I do? <laughs> and, and the guy was like, Kane Pippen says yes. And he's like, I love Locked on Bucks. I was like, it's incredible. I'm like, what wow. an experience in Melbourne, just walking the streets of Melbourne. Unfortunately, I I can't remember this this man's name, and I'm sure he's not listening at this point in the podcast. Like, you punched him in the face because you no. thought it was going to be a negative thing? And, well, oh, okay. well, he said to say hello to you. And anyway, he works for... Oh. Cisco, I guess, and so he'd had recent trips over to Fiserv Forum because they power some of the some of the stuff there at Fiserv. So anyway, big Bucks fan in Melbourne randomly stopping me, locked on Bucks, uh, incredible stuff. So that was fun. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a TV personality in Australia, so like, uh, it's funny that you would be recognized for this <laughs> in Australia. But shout out to uh, to to our Australian friends out there. Um, that's that's pretty cool. It, my wife uh, works with people um, in Australia, and she's now had two people um, who are NBA fans that she works with. So she's had to like explain my whole thing right. with, yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. And uh, 
so so like is they're now like aware of of my weird uh basketball thing um so uh so so yeah i mean you just basketball basketball fans are everywhere um i actually was on a uh client call today and a guy that is we, we were doing this readout for this executive at our client a guy who's i don't know how much this guy's worth he's worth an absolute ton really smart guy um been at a very i won't say which company is that, but a very successful tech company in the Bay area. And, uh, they were the other client I have, he's based in Indianapolis and they were talking about Zach Eady, the Purdue big man, who's really good. And, um, I heard a comp recently for Boban Marjanovic for Zach Eady. Cause they're both mm -hmm. just like enormous, like seven, three, seven, four, super efficient. Um, and this executive guy, he was just like, well, you know, he, he compared him to Boban and I was like, Hey, that is exactly <laughs> the right comp. And I didn't, he has no idea that I do, that, that I do this. <laughs> and it was not the time to go into that because we were about to like do this whole presentation. But, um, but I was just like, okay, <laughs> you, you're, you're, in, you know, you, and I'm, I think he's a big Warriors fan. So anyway, um, you, you just never know. You just never know where sort of the, you know, basketball conversation might spring up and, you know, you know, it might be able to drop a, a Boban reference. So, um, so yeah, we shared a Boban moment there, but, uh, anyway, this has gone on too long, Kane. It's after midnight. We're, we're recording this on Friday or th Thursday. It's after midnight now, central time. I got to go to bed. Um, I got, I got to take my kid to, to, to preschool in the morning, but, um, this has been fun and the draft is drawing close. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if the bucks actually make a pick. Yes, it's 3 p.m. Friday afternoon where I am, which means that by the time I edit these couple of podcasts we've recorded tonight, it's probably beer o'clock. So that's my plans uh, for the rest of the day. Frank, you get some sleep. Uh, we will be back next week. I know I've been saying we're going to have a draft expert on, but we will have a draft expert next week, a few days before the draft, just to get everyone set. Uh, Dave Kane, uh, had some work stuff this morning, had to hold that off, but he'll be on next week as well. So a few guests uh, lined up to get us right through to the draft. Uh, and then we'll get into it. So uh, for myself, for Frank, have a lovely weekend. We'll speak to you guys next week.